Hi, I'm Jocelyn and I'm part of the communications team at Companies House. Today we're at Hairhost, a salon in Buckingham, as part of the latest in our small business case studies podcast series. Joining us today are Rebecca and Julian. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you. much for having us here today. Really appreciate your time. So maybe you can tell me a bit about the company and the business. We're a growing salon. We opened in 2015. There's eight of us now working here. And yeah, we want to build the business more, open more salons. So hopefully we'll do that soon. So um, do you run it on your own? Have you got, you know, is it just you as a member or? So there's myself and then my two business partners, who are also my mum and dad, um, Janet and Julian. So they, I do the day-to-day running in the salon and then they run more the backstage kind of things. Like bookkeeping and marketing. So do you do a lot of sort of um, support, Rebecca, in sort of not day-to-day, but maybe sort of behind the the scenes? No, that's right, not day-to-day. I mean, we're certainly not the the hairdressers in the the family. We leave that to Rebecca, and and she does a terrific job in the salon. But obviously what you don't realise, sometimes when you start a business, is you can open premises, employ people, get them doing stuff on a day-to-day basis. But then behind the scenes, um, you do need to almost create like a marketing engine to keep creating noise and, and keep encouraging customers to come back to us and encourage new customers to step across the threshold for the first time. So that's an ongoing thing. And then just, you know, basic stuff, payroll, managing holidays and things like that, which, uh, which my wife does. It all takes time. So I think, you know, it's fair to say we're probably more involved than we expected to be. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're enjoying the journey. You're talking about the journey. So how did the salon start? Why were you inspired to open a salon? Is it something you've always wanted? Um, I've always wanted my own salon. I've always wanted to be a hairdresser since I was very young. And since starting hairdressing, I always thought, that's what I want. Mm. I want my own business. So you're really driven then? You really had that idea yeah. in your head? <laughs> yeah, from very, yeah, from very early on. Well, let me tell you that her head teacher once accosted me as I turned up at school and said, I've had Rebecca's class for the day. <laughs> And as a father, you sort of go, oh, uh-oh, what's happened? <laughs> and uh, she said, they were talking about careers, and she said, Rebecca said she wants to be a hairdresser, but she doesn't just want to be a hairdresser, she wants to have her own salon. Oh, so, wow, so from a young she, age. She's about eight years old, yeah. So um, she, is, she is very driven. Oh, that's great. So do you have a really clear vision of what you want your salon to be like when you were thinking about it? Well, from a lot of clients, they find it very intimidating walking into a salon, you know, yeah, it's quite time. difficult. Yeah, for the first time, especially. But you know, some have told me that they've walked past wanting to go in and then not walked in, and I don't want them to feel like that here. I want them to be able to walk in and feel welcome, and that they can chat to anyone like we're friends more than just clients. And uh, hopefully, it's more of the living room feel rather than a salon feel. Yeah. Brilliant. So, like, how did you sort of start out? Was it um, registering as a limited company? Was it finding premises? Was it getting financial backing? No, I think in terms of order of events, it's fair to say that we found these premises, that they, they, they were available. We talked about potentially supporting Rebecca with opening a, a salon business, but these premises were available and that really kick-started us into setting up Pairhost. It was important for us to get the right premises and so we felt unless we did something now, we might lose this opportunity. And just because of the uh, businesses in the neighbourhood, such as Waitrose, it was important that we had that footfall 
and uh, and had that exposure really than so if the location was, sort of tucked, was tucked really away. Important. So location was very important. Having got the premises, then it all actually moved quite quickly. We put together a business plan. Uh, we took the plan to NatWest and uh, they were very willing to support us, which was great because we needed to spend quite a lot of money in turning what was an old card shop into a high-end salon. So you registered the company's house in March 2015. So I think you opened about six months later in September. You're a LLP, so that's a kind of different type of limited company. So why did you go for that structure? Yeah, well, we sat down with accountants and we use a firm that uh, are London-based, but they specialise in small and medium enterprises. And it was really on their advice when they spoke to us about um, who was going to be running the business, if you like, really on a day-to-day basis, who actually needed to draw an income from it. It quickly became apparent that the best route for that was going to be an LLP. So that although the three of us own it jointly, Rebecca has the flexibility of drawing from it. And so an LLP allows us to allocate all the profits or some of the profits to support uh, Rebecca's needs. So it kind of worked best for you and the family and how you... Yeah, it it worked better for us than, let's say, a limited company might where you've got a fixed number of shares and then it becomes more complicated when you start to declare dividends as to who gets what. So it was just that that flexible structure that that was important to us. Otherwise, yeah, we, we probably could have been a limited company, but it was easier. And, uh, and more flexible to, to be an LLP. So have you found, like, obviously setting up the business, it's always a tough time, but sort of what kind of challenges in particular did you guys face? You know, um, was it sort of setting up in the community, making sure you built those relationships, maybe sort of work-life balance? I know it can sometimes be quite <laughs> tricky with your own business. Yeah, I think... Well, Rebecca's got children. Right. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> I think trying to balance, yeah, work and life, kids, all their needs... And then the salon needs as well. I think integrating into the community, everyone was really friendly. You know, we've been quite lucky with how the other shops were with us, mm-hmm. like, you know, starting. So... Yeah, and I, th- I think the biggest challenge for us was probably getting going. And that's probably, you know, any small business will tell you that. It's just, you know, when we opened the doors, we genuinely didn't have any, any customers. So it wasn't an existing salon business that we'd taken over and we're trying to do something different we literally didn't have any customers and so uh, for the first few months yeah I think it's fair to say it was a bit frightening because you never knew who was going to come through the door and it's kind of like building your brand a bit yeah getting the awareness the brand. So we had to work very very hard to to, to get established and, and start to get people across the threshold and enjoying the, uh, the the culture that we have here so obviously you've become a really successful company over the four years what do you think has been a really important success in that like what's the main factor having to a strong say? team is definitely the key to this like a lot of the success I think if they if they're on the same page with what they what we want for our business then uh, yeah it definitely helps and uh, for them to support us and I think um, you know to add to that uh, I mean we we do have a terrific team and but it's fair to say we have handpicked them as well in many respects Um, some people have joined us through um, the the usual routes of us putting an advert out and we've had, uh, you know, in the main, quite a lot of success there. But it's it's a very strong team. But also, I think uh, what we've tried to always create is a family stroke caring culture here. And so genuinely, you know, my approach is always uh, the most important, important person in the salon is the customer. And then it's the rest of the team. And then it's yourself. And if people can remember that simple order... Um, and I think they do, then it changes the whole culture and the way that you run things as a, as a hairdressing business. And I think our customers find that quite refreshing. 
they don't know the mantra, but they do experience this, you know, the client is the most important person at that time in the salon. And then it's all about everyone else looking after each other before they worry about what they're doing. Yeah, because you, you do spend a lot of time making sure your team are looked after, staff are cared for. Yeah, like, so we use... have like, healthcare benefits and yeah. things like that to make sure our team are happy and they feel like we care for them. And then, then hopefully then they care for the client a lot more because they feel cared for. That's really nice way. Yeah, I mean, I think we found... I, I was always quite encouraged in the early days because uh, we had... You know, what we wanted people to do was to be able to get up and enjoy the prospect of going into work and we did have a member of a team who very much in the early days said you know she felt it was like coming in and spending time with friends rather than yes. actually coming in to do a job that's really nice and, testament uh, obviously to what so, you've been able so to that, achieve that's, here that's very encouraging that, we're, that maybe you know we won't get it right all the time but most of the time um, i think we're doing the right thing in terms of not always getting it right i mean what do you think has been like an important lesson you've learned in setting up the company or, or you know would you do anything differently perhaps you're happy with the way everything's gone what has it been an easy sailing or has it been a few challenges I wouldn't say it's easy sailing <laughs> but I don't think I personally wouldn't do anything differently as such yeah. Every, you know the small challenges we've faced you overcome and you learn from so everything's a lesson really yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been quite interesting that there's been very, very few occasions when, as partners of the business, we've disagreed with either the strategy that we're following or how things are being done on a day-to-day basis. So that's been quite encouraging. So I think, yeah, I'd agree with Rebecca. Looking back, there's been very little that we would necessarily change. You know, from a business point of view, you might say there are occasions when we've probably been overstaffed, um, you know, if we were really brutal. But that's... Um, uh, something that we're prepared to, in a sense, uh, resource and, and and run with because we think ultimately it's the right thing to do. What would you say is the best thing about being a small business owner? What are you really proud of? Probably like having built a brand that I believe in personally and also the flexibility, the flexibility for work-life balance and also how you want the brand to be. That's the best thing, yeah. So it's developed the way that you yeah. wanted it to and you've, yeah, you've seen it grow and sort yeah. of be more successful. Yeah, I mean, and I think from my perspective, it's uh, it's very rewarding. You know, we, we use social media a lot. We try and encourage customers to share with us their um, their thoughts and experiences on visiting Hairhost. And, you know, when we look at some of the reviews, it's uh, it's very rewarding that they genuinely seem to leave here having felt they've had a really good time and, and, and received a really good service in the process. So I think that side of it says, yeah, okay, we're doing the right thing. You know, we've got thousands of customers now and we started off with none. And, you know, nearly 100% of the time, I think we, we do a terrific job. Fantastic. How do you see it developing in the future? Have you got any more plans or any more sort of stuff, any more sort of salons? We'd like to open another salon. Oh, right, okay. Um, so we've, we're kind of looking slowly into that. Yeah, yeah using the staff we've got really because they're quite experienced and homegrown. <laughs> so developing them so, further. Yeah, developing them further to then spread them across and then probably start new apprenticeships in both salons and, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. We've, we've had some young people come through, you know, and in fact, just this month, uh, one of our apprentices has, has qualified and, and come out the other end with a distinction. So that's a great endorsement that here we actually are providing them with um, 
uh, probably the best trainer that they can get. And, you know, we do see building the team allows us to naturally split the team almost across two salons without diluting the service offering. Um, and that's always important to us that, you know, if we, if we do make that step into a second salon, that the first one doesn't, um, doesn't get affected in any way and, and customers still receive the, uh, the best service. Brilliant. Well, it's a beautiful salon to visit. Um, you thank guys you. have obviously worked really hard and, you know, you've made it a great success here in Buckingham. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Really appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to find out any more information about Companies House or anything we've spoken about today, there's loads of guidance and info on our website. Just go to www.gov.uk forward slash Companies House. <laughs>